Hello, 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 and welcome to Gorporium. I'm Lily, the eyes have hell. And I'm Bella, Bibbo the killer clown, Heath Massey. <laughs> this is a horror movie review and discussion podcast hosted by two gore whores who've been dead the whole time. Oh my god! <gasps> Can we put in a Wilhelm scream there? <laughs> Each week we will be watching a horror movie separately and then coming together to chat about our thoughts. And this week we watched the 1986 horror movie Night of the Creeps for the first time. Please bear in mind this is not a spoiler-free podcast, nor is it family-friendly. With that in mind, let's get into the podcast. The night of the fall is finally here. For Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. So before we get into the the meat and gristle of things, if you will, um, what have you been up to this week? Um, I mean, as it goes, not a huge amount. I dyed my hair bright orange. You did. Hence it's the, very, hence the um, Bibbo the Killer Clown reference. Yeah, it's very uh, Fifth Element. Yeah, not so much anymore. I've washed it a couple times. It's looking a little bit dull, but I've got more hair dye, so... Yeah, it's it's gone uh, from Fifth Element to uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in colour. <laughs> Does she have orange hair in that? Yeah, she, that's when she meets him on the train. She has orange hair. Oh, she has orange hair. Oh, yeah. That, she's called Clementine, and he's like, that's like your hair. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes sense. That's her first hair colour in that, but it's sort of a faded orange. <laughs> Other than that, I made some nice vegan artichoke pasta, which is really good. Sounds good. And I've been watching Pose for the first time. Pose is my favourite. Season one of Pose really does slap. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, yeah, turn it around. Um, turn it around right now. Well, I cut my hair into a mullet. Um, <laughs> progressively gayer haircuts from both of us yes indeed um mm, honestly my life is boring cooked some really uh, well that's okay i cooked some really bomb dinners recently um that's fine that's a good thing to do yeah and it's a long weekend this weekend in australia so sort of like a bank holiday in the uk so mondays are off and so we're all going down to the in-laws to have a bit of a barbecue and hop in the pool. Barbie? Uh, no, what accent was that? Barbie. Barbie. I don't know what accent either of us are doing. No, I don't know. I'm trying to do an Australian accent, but I'm not, not confident in it. <laughs> right. I reckon we should probably get into the synopsis then. Let Shall we? Let's go. So, we start our movie out on a spaceship full of a bunch of thick-ass aliens. Fat babies in space. One specific thick-ass alien who is running away, holding some sort of canister of something, and he is being pursued by two other thick-ass naked aliens. They start blowing shit up to get to him, and whatever he steals, he has chucked into space this canister of whatever he is stealing. He flings it into space. It lands on Earth, as you can imagine, but we'll get to that later. So now we're on Earth on Sorority Row in 1959. We're in black and white to emphasize this point. I thought 
uh, that Sorority Row was maybe a specific place. I realized because of this movie that all sororities and fraternities are just called Sorority Row, no matter what university they are at. So that was educational for me, for somebody who would never, ever be invited to join a fraternity or sorority. So we're in 1959, a guy pulls up at the sorority, uh, there's something on the news in his car about a killer on the loose, he turns that off, not really paying attention to it. We overhear from one of the other girls in the sorority that Pam, who is our main girl for the time being, has broken up with Ray because Ray has become a cop, so he has no future. This movie really said, um, all cops are bastards. Oh my god, I have that written down. The guy's a cop. He has no future. And I was like, that's an interesting Take. perspective to have in like the 50s as well. I feel like being a <laughs> cop in the 50s was like quite an important career choice. Right? I feel like even now, I feel like they probably make pretty good money. So whilst I don't necessarily agree with the police force as I an mean, institution. ACAB, yeah. But I feel like a lot of parents generally in America would be quite proud if their son was a cop. Or a girl would be quite happy to date a cop and not be like, he has no future. So it's an interesting take. Maybe she believes in ACAB and maybe she believes in abolishing the uh, <laughs> like school to prison pipeline. She thinks that's not good. I, and you know what, Queen? I literally wrote 1959 ACAB, so yeah. Queen of doing the bare minimum. So this girl, Pam, is now going on a date with a new guy called Johnny, and they are stargazing in a make-out parking lot place, as you do in the 50s in your open-top car. Um, cop, who is Ray, comes up to them, uh, which is a bit awkward, because she's on a date with a new man after dumping Ray, and he tells them there's a nutter on the loose, go home, get out of here. And they're like, ha-ha. No, why would you? Like, if someone told me, if I was in a, like an open top car, whatever you described as earlier, a topless car, um, <laughs> hanging out with my like weird boyfriend who really wanted to like fondle me, and it's the fifties, yeah. and some dude was like, "Hey, you guys should probably go home. There's a literally a lunatic with an axe on the loose." I would go home. I wouldn't just be like, haha, fuck you, Ray. Yeah, literally. I'm not gonna go home. That was the whole vibe. Like, why would you do that? It's been, it's not even like Ray's trying to pull a prank. Like, it's been on the radio and they've heard it on the radio and they're still like, meh, I'll take a risk. They're being ignorant at this point. Just go fuck in your house. <laughs> so they continue to stargaze despite Ray's warnings. It's uh, a bit of fondling going on as happens in these make-out car spots. Something that I cannot relate to. Yeah, what the fuck do they call them? There's, they've got like a name, like a lookout. I was about to say dogging, like a dogging <laughs> spot, but I think that's mostly I mean... British teenagers. Although I don't know personally anyone who's gone dogging. I don't think that's even teenagers. That's like weird middle-aged people. Do you know anyone who's ever done dogging? No. Write in, write into us. Email me. <laughs> Let us know. DM us on Twitter, do you go dogging? And if so, why and where? Not specifically because I don't want to join in, but I just kind of want to know the vibe. Yeah, what's the vibe of dogging? Is it like cruising? I'm perplexed. Consider me Louis Theroux <laughs> and I'm doing a documentary on dogging. I want to know what's happening. <laughs> right, we should probably continue this uh, 
Let's hear podcasts. Yeah, sure. Right. Let's go. So uh, Pam and Johnny, they're um, still stargazing. They totally ignore Ray's concerns um, about there being a serial killer on the loose, despite the fact he's a cop and he would probably, you know, know about these things. They're sort of like, whatever. They're like, nah, not a problem. Anyway, as they're watching the stars, uh, a comet or slash shooting star, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I mean, technically it's neither, as we come to find out, uh, swoops into the ground and explodes nearby. Johnny decides, I want to go investigate. I want to go find out what that was. So they drive off and he leaves bloody Pam in an open top car as he ventures into the woods to search for this shooting star she turns on the radio to listen to some music and then the news comes on which informs her that there is a nut job on the loose who is a 35 year old escapee from a local mental institute and he has killed four orderlies this evening in a brutal spree um he's also armed with a fire axe which is a weapon i had never heard of before but i guess i am more educated now as to what a fire axe is which is just it's an axe made of fire that's not true don't listen to me it's a fireman's axe i guess which fireman gave him that axe well i guess you know like they have the axes by the fire alarms like break if you need to oh yeah so you can yeah so i guess that's true i guess they do have that maybe it was one of them i assume it was one of them anyway the Radio also says he is heading towards Route 66, towards campus. She turns the car lights on and it says that she's on Route 66. So he is heading her way. Johnny is left her totally alone uh, to get murked, essentially. Whilst in the woods, Johnny discovers some sort of alien thing that's squiggling about. And this little slug shoots right down into his mouth, which is nasty and horrible. And then, uh uh-oh, the killer is here poor Pam. He sneaks up behind her with a bloody axe, raises his axe and chops down and it cuts to black. Now we're in 1986 at the same university. And it's pledge week. It is indeed pledge week and we're introduced to a couple of bitching guys who are on the prowl for babes and are not virgins, but... Is that what they say? Virgin adjacent and very nerdy. Yes, they do refer to themselves as a couple of bitching guys. A couple of bitching guys. They don't say they're on the prowl for babes, but they say something very but similar. They are. Yeah, they are on the prowl for pussy. They are on the prowl for babes. Um, for pussy. They really wind each other up. My grandparents have more sex than we do. Uh, I'm. <laughs> they have this whole... A bit about being depressed, which is like, I'm depressed, we're lamoids. You being depressed makes me depressed, and I don't like being depressed because being depressed is depressing. And they have this whole sort of shenanigan. I'm not gonna lie, that's kind of a mood though. That's me talking to my housemates every day. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the most relatable things I've ever seen in an 80s movie. They have like, the most millennial dialogue of possibly any movie, 80s movie really I've ever do. seen. It's truly modern. Funny dialogue. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine that's how people did speak in the 80s. Yeah. But most of the time, dialogue is just terribly written. But this was like well-written dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue's great. And the main guy is Chris. Chris is a little boring. He's your average Joe. 
Sorry to Chris. Sorry to this man. But sorry, I'm sorry to this man, but he is kind of boring. He does have a really nice mouth shape. He does. I was thinking that today. It's like, oh, it's quite pretty. He has a very nice mouth shape, like the way his like teeth are and everything. Yeah. I don't know, he's got quite a cute face, I was thinking. Yeah, he does. So, um, and his best friend is JC. Um JC is a disabled character, which I thought was quite interesting for the time to have a disabled main character uh who is not taking the piss out of and is just sort of a valid human being it's quite nice representation for the time actually i think but uh maybe people would disagree with me but i i thought that jc was nice representation yeah like there was never like a big deal made out the fact that he uh was disabled he just was and it was not even a part of his character it wasn't a part of the like a big part of the plot he just was yeah which is how representation how it should, be should sometimes be. it doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be a plot point or anything they should just yeah be like disabled there. people's lives aren't always completely always about being disabled they also do other things with their lives yeah jc has exactly the same life as chris he's just disabled mm-hmm. also i want to say right now that i stand jc I also stand JC. He is very funny. He's very good, good, co- good, f- good, funny comedy boy. I adore him. I just good cheeky little boy. He's a great actor. I don't know who that is, but he has great comedic timing. He is he's really funny, punchy and funny. And every line he delivers is the best line in the movie. I made a note of who he looks like. Oh my god, he looks like um, Noah Centineo. But like, I prefer the way he looks to Noah Centineo. I think he's handsomer than Noah Centineo. I will, every time I think of Noah Centineo, I think of that photo of him in a bin. Yeah. I also, I've seen them pictures of him where he's bleached his beard. Like, he's got dark hair, but he's, you know, like, people bleach he's their got, eyebrows. Like, a white, blonde beard. It's not even, it's a like yellow. It's a, a yellow yeah. beard. It is the nastiest, most, like, E. coli looking infected shit that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It is dis- <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Foul. He, looked, he was like, I just really like that he thought, he was like, I'm doing something new here. I'm fucking reinventing facial hair and he looks so bizarre. There is a motherfucking reason why no one has ever, ever bleached their just their beard before. <laughs> That's not a good look, my guy. Cut it he out. He looks so sick. Like, he looks... He always looks kind of sick. I'm a bit worried about him. Yeah, is he okay? He looks fine when he's in Actually, movies. Actually, no, Sinclair, please do not DM me. I was about to ask that you DM me. Please don't DM me. I have no desire to talk to you. I think you have weird ulterior motives about everything. Please don't contact me. No, Santaneo, please DM me because I need the clout, fucking frankly. <laughs> <laughs> boost my career please actually well you can contact lily i don't wish to t- talk to you <laughs> right continuing on right so so chris and jc are bay punting and they decide to go to the betas a better party and this party looks lit it is neon lighting it is blasting like blondie and whatnot and uh I want to party at this party because I too enjoy cocaine and neon lighting. And, <laughs> and <laughs> hey, Lily, be careful. Like Our family might listen to this. <laughs> I am only joking. 
Me too. Wink, wink. (laughs) I only enjoy the neon lighting. (laughs) I enjoy Blondie. (laughs) I enjoy the music. Yeah. Um, I enjoy perms. I enjoy mullets. Ooh, I have a mullet. So yeah, I'm enjoying mullets for sure right now. Anyway, so they're basically stalking this one woman in particular that uh, Chris spotted earlier out on the lawns outside the frat and sorority. And they see that this jock man called Steve, who has a unibrow, is sort of sidling up alongside her. And they just think that they don't have a chance. To be fair, JC's not pursuing her. He's he's on wingman duty. And he's JC is questionably a homosexual i would say jc is definitely a homosexual but we will get into maybe that. a bi of sexual yeah but we'll get into that later and he does a pretty good job as a wingman he's distracting steve unibrow uh with fake phone call to be fair steve seems pretty nice he's hairy himbo material yeah he's kind of he's all right i don't mind like he seems nice He's not like an asshole. And then Chris sidles up, but he's fucking it up. He's just too intense. Like, he's overtly keen. He's like, I'm in love with her. And he's borderline creepy, frankly. Um, It's also revealed that Steve actually isn't her boyfriend. So they're like, we have a chance. You have a chance. You have a chance. Yada, yada. But Chris doesn't think that he has a chance unless he belongs to a frat because she's a sorority girl. So he thinks to impress her, he has to join the betas. So JC and Chris try to pledge to the betas. And they don't realize that as soon as the betas give them their challenge behind their backs, not only are the betas never going to let them in, but the head of the betas, Brad, is Cynthia's boyfriend. So Steve Unibrow wasn't her boyfriend, but Mr. Brad is. Mr. Brad? (laughs) Mr. Brad. Mr. Brad, Mr. Bradley, the Aryan man. He's so Aryan. He is so like, incredibly Aryan. That he is very scary. I have it in my notes. I hate this Aryan motherfucker. Yeah, I have him written down as Aryan a couple of times. Aryan. Aryan. <laughs> Dunno. My pronunciations are horrible. Um and so, uh, JC, you know, they ask for the challenge from the betas. Like, what is our hazing ritual? What is going to get us into the betas? He's like, we don't have to have sex with a farm animal, do we? And the betas reply, <laughs> no, we have something more challenging in mind. And I would like to fucking ask them, what is more challenging than fucking a farm animal? And then JC says to Chris, maybe you'd like it, maybe you wouldn't want Cynthia anymore. I forgot about that line. (laughs) So, um, they're heading down to a science lab is the next we see them. Um, And they're in a morgue, and we realise that They've got to do something with a cadaver. The The actual mission is they've got to steal a cadaver from the university science lab and leave it on the steps of a rival frat for the hazing ritual. And then the betas will let them join. And honestly, don't do that. It's not worth it. There's much easier attainable pussy. That is a federal crime. Don't tamper with dead bodies. Yeah, there's so much easier pussy to get. Also, you Than getting a cadaver. I don't know. That's supposed to be kept cold. You put it outside, 
the sun's going to beat down on it. You're going to get a melty corpse outside. That's not fun for anyone, least of all the fucking corpse. That is disrespectful, frankly. So JC and Chris have quite a lot of success getting down into the science lab um, and they discover a cadaver suspended in a refrigerated coffin. Uh, so there's some evil science shenanigans going on. JC starts fucking with a bunch of buttons, which is a bad idea. And at this point, I realize that the corpse in question is Johnny from the 50s, the guy who investigated the alien and left Pam to die and had the slug shoot into his mouth. And also, no, there is not an explanation as for why he specifically has been put on ice. No. Well, I think because when they go to discover Pam and her body after she gets massacred uh, by the killer... They also discover this guy and some scientists. I, I, like, I don't know. Do they know that he swallowed like a points? weird? He swallowed that funny alien slug thing. Like, how would they Seemingly, know? Seemingly, nobody knows that. So, I'm not sure why he has been cryogenically frozen. But he has. Just take, just believe that, and it's fine. Yeah, JC, stop pressing the buttons. Don't mess with the cryogenic man. He is a corpsicle of your own words. <laughs> Uh, this ain't Futurama. It is not going to be a fun ending for you. And at some point, they managed to get him out of the frozen chamber. And uh, what are they doing with this dead fellow? And why are they so chill handling a dead body? I'm confused as to why they want to uh, pursue this route of their life whatsoever. Note from me here, he hath no dick. I don't know if he has no dick or if he's wearing very tight underwear. That's skin coloured. Yeah, that's skin-coloured, because in some shots it looks like he has no dick, and in some shots it looks like he's wearing skin-coloured underwear. So I'm not sure if they just don't want to fuck with that censoring. Would his dick have frozen off in I mean, cryogenesis? If his ears haven't frozen off, then surely his pee-pee wouldn't have either. I suppose so. And then the body twitches, and his eyes pop open, and they drop him... And go running and alarm kicks off. And they run as fast as they can, basically. And then the scientist goes in to check what's going on. And the frozen man shoots a slug into the doctor's mouth. They are then back in the dorms. And JC absolutely wrecks Chris for being a mopey dickhead. He just basically tells him to fucking get it together. JC basically bullies Chris, but it's valid. Because I would... Too. I would bully Chris too, yeah. He's easy to bully. And then they have an extremely homoerotic scene where they say, fuck you, fuck you too, you try it, you'd want me to, you'd like it. Um, and then they pillow fight. So That's um, gay. That is gay behavior. <laughs> it makes me think of, you know, like the sort of porn fantasy of girls at sleepovers that were all in like lingerie yeah. and like making out and like <laughs> hitting each other with pillows. That's exactly this it. This is the reversal of that situation. Yeah. Where they're just like, I love you. Oh, you'd fuck me, wouldn't you? And then they just hit each other with pillows. That's that. Where <laughs> is the porn parody? Give me the porn parody of Night of Oof. the Creeps. <laughs> it's very specific. Once, but I do want it. I would like it. I can't remember what I found a porn parody of the other day, but it was, oh, it was The Mask. Oh. Like Jim Carrey's The Mask. I don't, but it was like, I don't, but it was like, a, no. It was a, it was a porn 
I don't like that. Look, I mean, the mask itself, the film, I love it a lot, but I also despise it and I'm very scared of the mask, the green man. Uh, To see him do fucking, do some sexing... No, thank you. I don't have um, sexual feelings towards them. Oh, maybe when he does that extreme dance scene with Cameron Diaz and she wants to fuck no, him. No, it's just because I think Cameron Diaz is hot, but he's scary <laughs> and he's wearing a yellow like zoot suit and he has really big teeth. And I frankly, <laughs> that's not my type. It's not my cup of tea. Unbelievable as it may seem, <laughs> it's not my type. Um. So now we meet Ray Cameron, as an adult, he is no longer in the 50s as like a a junior cop. He is now a full-on detective and he is having some sort of dream where he is at a beach drinking from a coconut and hallucinating that Pam from the 50s is coming out of the water and the dream turns dark and he starts having horrible flashbacks to the serial killer who cuts Pam up into several bits, but he looks like a corpse in his dreams. Then he wakes up and he gets called to investigate the medical center break-in. The scientist's corpse is there, but the corpse of Johnny is gone. The frozen boy is unfrozen and he has left the motherfucking building. Indeed he has. And now said corpse is starting to creep up on the sorority to cause a cheeky little bit of havoc. Uh, And Brad, unfortunately, drops Cynthia off there. So she is in the danger zone. Um, Highway to the danger zone. (laughs) That's what what, what the corpse was singing (laughs) as he was making a beeline for the sorority house. Also, side note, Cynthia has a poster of Sting and the police in her room. And that just made me love her. I mean, valid. Uh, I am sort of a Sting lover and hater. I kind of hate him. But I would, I would potentially have tantric sex with him. I know that's what he's into. <laughs> he's definitely into tantric sex. We don't actually touch each other, but you sort of wave your hands around each other and just feel your auras. <laughs> okay, right, let's get back to the movie. Back to the movie. So there's some like tapping at the window. A nerdy sorority girl who's still sexy because all sorority girls are sexy. This is what movies have taught me. She opens the window and it is just Gordon the cat. But little does she know, there is actually a corpse pursuing the campus and he's sneaking up to Cynthia's window. Oh no, he's trying to get into Cynthia's room and he's oozing the nasty slugs out of his rotten face gashes. Um... Why did Thick Alien do this to us? What did we as a human race ever do to Thick Alien in order to deserve this kind of treatment? It's a very Um, good question. It cuts to Detective Ray being called to the scene at the sorority. Um, Johnny, the body, is all mushed up and without a head. His head has exploded. It seems like he exploded the slugs and his purpose was done as a zombie (laughs) his his goal is complete but for some reason detective ray starts to fucking blame this serial killer from the 50s of chopping this body's head off and this is where it starts to get convoluted because i'm like why are you saying a serial killer from 27 years ago is chopping up dead bodies i don't that whole bit 
is confusing to me. Like, why has he assumed that? I mean, it goes into a bit later. It seems but like an unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's a unnecessary plot development almost. But you it know, it is for sure. The next day, the frat bros rock up and they look like a fucking JC Penny advert, and they accuse JC and Chris of moving the body as per the hazing agreement. JC and Chris proclaim innocence, and then JC hits the blonde boy with "Go practice your goose stepping." <laughs> 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 and uh brad fucking kicks jc's crutches out from underneath him which Not is a really fucking nice. dick move and cynthia flips brad off and sort of semi breaks up with him in that moment i really like that everyone just quietly claps after she breaks up with him it's like one of those tumblr yeah. posts where it's like and everyone clapped <laughs> yeah I was like, this is kind of low-key embarrassing, I'm not gonna lie. And this is where JC's real name is revealed as James Carpenter Hooper. So he gets a double horror movie director name. Yeah, he name. gets Toby Hooper and John Carpenter. Yes, he does. And Detective Ray pulls up the boys to interrogate them. Chris fucking buckles immediately. He is bad under pressure and tells Detective everything like we yeah we did try and steal a body but we chickened out blah 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 and now we're back at the lab and there's a guy like a scientist sort of dilly-dallying away in the background looking through a microscope or whatever and uh the body of the scientist from the beginning of the movie who gets killed by corpse johnny is laying on the slab and he gets up and starts walking away and no one really notices him. The security guards don't notice him, even though he's fully nude, sliced open throat. I guess they're all just too busy and he's just wandering away. Briefly then, Brad tries to get Cynthia back with zero luck. And they also tr said that they didn't want to tell Cynthia, but the cat has run away. But then he scratches at the door again. They're so excited to have him back. One of the girls lets him in and picks him up, but he has no fucking face and there's maggots where his eyes should be. So there is some zomble business happening. There are some zombies afoot. There's some corpses in this house. There's some corpses in this house. And then Ray's looking at old photos from the 50s. <laughs> I can't Sorry, believe me to just I can't believe you just let that hang there. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> That's so <laughs> devastatingly embarrassing, Lily. I don't think you understand how how deep that cut just then. That's I'm so sorry. cruel. I was trying to keep it moving. It's so and I cruel. I totally missed your uh, your WAP joke. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy fuck. Fine, no, it's fine. Ooh. No, it's fine. Just, no, 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 it, no, it, it no, no, it's fine. Don't worry no, about it. No, no, it's, no, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Just don't worry about it. It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. Why are you worrying about it? Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, Detective Ray, it's looking at old photos from the 50s to do with Pam's murder. Uh, there's some there's some pictures there that you feel like he maybe shouldn't have that look a little like suspicious. They call him again. They've discovered another body. It's the fucking scientist. He's also headless. His head is exploded. And whilst they're looking very intensely at this body, they somehow let all these slugs 
escape once more. Why are you fucking laughing at me? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at that scene. So they're looking down at the 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 body of the scientist, right? And yes, he was quite Mm -hmm. pasty because he is a dead man. However, they are looking at this headless body. I shit you not. I am like 98% sure that shot of his body, in quotation marks, is like a white shop mannequin. Like a, you know, like a plastic, like white, like lady shop mannequin. Like I was crying laughing. I was like, what? Wait, hang on. Who's that shop? Why are they looking at that shop mannequin? Did I realize it was supposed to be the body of the the scientist? And I was like, huh? What? (laughs) Why have they done it like that? What? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, they only put the special effects in at the end, apparently. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not gonna lie. Um, So the slugs escape this man's head as well, and they seem to not fucking notice that either. So JC and Chris are trying to study. JC is not an easy man to study with. He is being genuinely as loud as possible. Love JC, but Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Cynthia then shows up at their dorm. Chris has zero game as usual. He is a true charisma black hole. Uh, I personally would choose JC, but each to their fucking own, I guess. Cynthia tries to tell them about the cat and convince them that there is something weird and zombie-ish going on about, like, you know, the man at her window who was exploding slugs and whatnot. Uh, JC wanders off to give them some private time and uh she continues to try and convince chris and this is where you start to be concerned about jc okay so he's gone to the toilet he is inside a cubicle because he's having a little poopy i assume yes i have nothing but respect for a man who can shit in public that's pretty (laughs) that's bold the janitor comes in he does not look so good he doesn't look great I can. I assume you probably know why at this point. It's because there's slugs in him. I don't know why I sound like I'm drunk. Um. Anyways, JC can it's hear there's slugs, slugs in, him. in him. Um. JC can hear the janitor come in, but his he's sort of making this weird noise, like a yes, like a squelchy, like squishy, a squishy man, big squishy noise. And then there's one big squish noise, and JC's like, ah. What the fuck was that? And he tries to kind of look like below the cubicle and he can't quite do it. And then he sees like a slug whiz past him. Like he puts his hand out and one of these slugs whizzes past him. And he's like, ow! Like it burnt him or some shit. Like, so I guess they're corrosive slugs. I put in my notes, are the slugs sharp? Yes. Like a sh- sharp, sharp like little, a little leeches. Razor. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know. Are they hot? Are they sharp? What I don't know. I don't know, but they hurt deal. him. They hurt my boy, JC. Anyways, they JC did. gets the bright fucking idea. And there's also some very funny camera goofs here of continuity errors. But <laughs> um, he is he gets a bright idea to try and set one of the slugs on fire with a book of matches. The camera goofs there. That There's a couple shots where it's going between JC's face and him holding the matches or putting them on the floor. And every other shot, the matches just aren't there. Yep. Which is really good. <laughs> I really enjoy a good it's continuity era. Yeah. Filmmaking. Of course. Um, he sets one of the slugs on fire and it does not fucking like that. So now we know that the slugs 
and fire are not best friends. Anyway, he gets out. He like walks out of the cubicle, I'm pretty sure. He falls out of the cubicle and he doesn't have his crutches. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. That's the problem. Poor JC. He's fallen on the ground. You see him. You see him look at the janitors whose head is exploded. All and the slugs. The slug, a slug comes in a POV shot directly into the camera, so we assume that it's gone straight into JC's mouth, unfortunately. So JC essentially bites the dust because he's disabled, which is something I don't love. That's not fun. That's not it's, really it's unfortunate it's cruel, for him. really. It's cruel. I just feel bad. Where were his crutches? He just, I don't know. He was panicked. He fell off the toilet. I'm not quite sure oh, what happened. Because again, you were saying with the continuity shots, some of this movie's kind of confusing. Oh yeah. Quite a lot of it is. I, I felt better about it on a second watch and I kind of pieced stuff together a little bit better. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's who was dead. Because the first time I was watching, you don't really see who's like dead close up. So I'm just like, who's dead now? What's happening? <laughs> Why is this going on? But I kind of figured it out a bit better upon a second watch today. But yeah, poor JC. Anyways, although I'm not sure exactly when Cynthia and Chris like leave each other, but I know Chris goes to hang out with Detective Ray. Cameron. Yeah, he just he just drops her off at the sorority, okay, and then that's fine. and then Ray is already sort of sauntering around the Waiting sorority, and he's yeah. like, "Come with me, come with me, boy." And so they go have they go sit in the detective's like office or whatever, and the detective is like, he tells his little story about when he was a young boy in the 50s and so the last shot we saw in the 50s flashback initially was ray holding a gun to the back of the psycho axe man's head which Mm -hmm. we would assume from that that he either shot him and then told the other cops that he'd shot him turns out for no fucking good reason what he actually does is shoots the axe man in the back of the head then instead of being like hey guys i got the bad guy he decides to wrap him up and then bury him in a shallow grave underneath the sorority house mother's cottage to be fair when he buries it there it's just an open thing they they put the sorority house mother's cabin there later Later. but But still why would he bury it and not just tell the other cops that he'd found the guy this man is killed at least five people yeah, shooting minimum. him on sight. I don't think would be. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. Upon you, that would be fine, especially in the fifties. That's like worse. You might lose your job, I guess. But like, I don't think he even would. They would be like, "Good job, you caught a serial killer who's killed five people in one night, and you shot him dead." The end. Why is why is he buried him yeah. in a shallow grave and wrapped him up in plastic? Why would he bury him in a uh, shallow grave like he'd done like a cheeky murder? I'm just he confused. made this overtly difficult for himself. But I digress. Yeah, he he really did. But the detective is like the detective knows that there's some kind of weird zombie business going on, and so he's like to Chris, "Oh, I buried that. I buried him in that shallow grave underneath the house mother's cottage." But I know that that grave is not going to be full for very long. Cut immediately. (laughs) Literally, like, give us no time at all. Give us (laughs) no transition. Go, queen, give us nothing. We transition immediately into the grandmother's cottage where there's some bashing. And this is a hilarious scene because the house mother is just like, 
Like, she is just sat there. Yeah. Like, she can move. Like, she... Uh, we've seen her walking around in other scenes, but she hears bashing in her floorboards and she's just like looking. She just looks a bit confused. <laughs> I'd be more concerned. Then she sees her floorboards actually being like pushed upwards by some unseen force. She's still just sat in her sofa, like, I don't know, two feet she's away from it. She's too busy watching Plan 9 from outer space. And despite the fact her dog is crying and howling, she wants to watch her fucking story. She wants to watch this black and white alien movie. Let her watch her and stories. she does not care about something coming. She could have honestly escaped that. You are totally correct. She's just like, oh she's not God. even that old. Yeah. She's like 50. She could have jogged out of there. She's just looking at it with really wide eyes. Just like, I'm doing that, but you guys can't see me. So I'm just going silent instead, which is really fun. She is doing wide eyes. um, She's just watching it. She's chilling. And so he, this zombie of the Axeman, the psycho killer Axeman, psycho killer, guess, guess I need to stop singing. This isn't glee. Um, Basically, he pushes up the floorboards, he comes out, this old woman is still just looking at him. This is literally like an old fucking zombie. Like an old zombie. He's falling to bits. He brings up his axe, and he, we assume, chops her up into yeah. lots of pieces. The sorority girls call the police, Detective Ray Cameron shows up, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? And one of his, like, his, like, other cop, like, his backup is like, if we brought her out piece by piece, there'd be 20 stretchers out here. Ha 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 ha. And you're like, that's inappropriate, my guy. You know who they named This old woman has just been chopped up into pieces. It's, it's like, it's detect- is that PC Raimi? Yeah, he's na- named yeah. after Sam Raimi. Yeah, I, wrote, I caught that one. I want to get into um, that in the trivia a bit more, but... That's yeah, funny. I have that one written down in trivia. As the well. people they individually chose to name after different directors feels like some are shade and some are like compliments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some are like mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so the house mother has been cut up. Unfortunate. Detective Ray Cameron is like, okay, you two fuckwads, get in a cop car, go on a patrol, see if you see a dude with a big fucking axe. He should be easy to spot. And they're driving around, they're like, oh, surely it can't be the axe, man. He's been missing for whatever, fucking 27 years or whatever they say. Uh, Yeah, 27 years. Um, They're patrolling and they're like, I don't see shit. And the axe man is literally just in the road and they literally don't even see him. He like scraped (laughs) his axe along the side of the car and they're like, oh (laughs) shit, there he is. And Ray Cameron hears it over the police like intercom system. I don't know what you'd call that, the police radio. And he's like, okay, they they found him. They managed to corner this zombie axe man in an alleyway specifically we know this because it says no through way on a big sign they cut to a sign no through way so we know it's definitely a dead end thank you uh, they trap in a dead end all the cops have their guns on him Ray Cameron holds his gun up against the back of the zombie's head he's like you son of a bitch I killed you once and then the zombie turns around and gives him a horrible little smile like a horrible little <laughs> zombie smile. He's like, I can't do it. Like I can't do an impression, obviously, because you guys can't see me. But it's so disturbing to witness. He's like, ha ha. It's upsetting. And then they shoot him in the head, and his head explodes. And of course, the slugs go everywhere. They're out. They're free. I would like to mention that um, the gun that Ray kills him with 
is the same gun he killed him with 27 years ago. I would use a different one, because if it didn't kill him the first time, I'm not sure it will work again. But to be fair, this time his head did explode, so I think you're probably okay in that respect. It's a 12-gauge shotgun, and he makes a big mention of using that twice. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does make a big deal of, of the 12-gauge his... shotgun, but it works very well yeah. for the, the zombie killing in this movie. Okay, fine. Right, so... After the zombie has been killed, we cut immediately to a very hilariously sexy getting ready for a party montage. So we have like sexy sorority girls soaping themselves up in the shower and then some very happy little fraternity boys with their big beer pint things like it's... Yeah. Like the German I, tourist... That's you know, that's my exact notes is I have synth music titties oktoberfest yeah those are my three bullet points they're so happy they're having such a nice time with their big big beers they love it yeah they love it anyway it's absurdly long it's unnecessary it's it's so so funny but i also love it i really enjoyed it um (laughs) okay so that's fine um Chris gets back to his dorm room. Oh no. And he sees there's a tape with a note on it. And it says for no. Chris. And he puts the tape in. And it's a very fucking tragic tape recorded by JC, who obviously, as we know, has been infected by the slug parasites. And he says, I think they've gotten in me now. I don't have a pulse anymore. I have a good trans- transcript of it. Okay, you go. So JC says that. There's one of the alien slugs inside him and it's in his brain. He no longer has a pulse and he can't feel his heart beating anymore and he thinks he's dead, which is fucked up, honestly. Yeah. To be dead and still alive, I guess. He tells Chris that you can kill them with fire and that he's going to make his own way to the furnace room to try and kill the things that are in him. Yeah. And he says that he's walked around without crutches ever since it's been in him so it's sort of puppeteering him which sucks that's like his his first moment of walking without the crutches and it's because there's a fucking alien in his brain yeah and then he says i love you good luck with cynthia and the i love you was so it's so (laughs) sad I love JC and this but really <laughs> so actually sad. made me sad. I didn't think that this fucking zombie alien B movie yeah. with the naked little men. An, yeah, an 80s like slasher zombie movie. Shooting slugs into earth was gonna make me like tear up, but it did. The I love you is really sad. But then we get to fucking Chris. And it's like, go, Chris, give me nothing. (laughs) Because he just sits there, like, blank face, like a little cunt. He's just like, Chris doesn't care. Chris is just chilling. Uh, JC is... Chris doesn't give a shit. He's a bit sad. JC's one of us. He's a wonderful, sensitive homosexual. But, um... Of course. uh, Chris gives me... I mean, I think he's trying, but he gives me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But to be fair, Chris does listen to the message and he goes down to the furnace room. 
where JC is dead on the floor, but so are all of the slugs. His nasty, empty body. All of the slugs that exploded out of his head are also dead on the floor because he put his head in the furnace, I guess. Yeah, I think he did, which is, Jesus Christ, that's a fucking harsh way to go, but impressive. He really sacrificed himself to for the to greater for good. The, team. the superior character, let's be honest, he really was. Anyway, sorry, you continue. I just, I, I rewatched it today and I made a lot of notes on that scene. No, that's so. fine, don't worry. Um, okay, so after Chris has found JC's body in the furnace room, I think we cut to Brad, the nasty Aryan bully, getting possessed by one of the slug creatures. I can't Indeed. remember under what circumstance. A dog. A dog. Oh yeah, he goes to like pet a dog and the dog spits a slug into his mouth, which is a horrible yes. thing to Indeed. have happen. And now they're all on the bus. Yeah, so the rest of the frat boys, except for Brad, are all on the bus getting ready to go f- get their dates from the sorority house to go to the formal dance. Unfortunately, the zombie dog runs into the road... After possessing Brad, well, putting slugs in Brad, rather, um, yeah. and the bus driver is like, oh shit, a dog! And he, <laughs> he does like a wrecks big- it. He wrecks everything. Wrecks. He drives into another car. It's fucking terrible. Everyone, I don't know how this happens, because it's like know. 30 miles per hour, and he hits like a little, like, beetle. A small like, car, and the whole bus- the whole bus tips over. Everyone on the bus dies. Like everyone. horribly too. They're not even like some people with concussions. Like everyone's like, like they like lose their pieces. legs. They're yeah. like this is disgusting. Like the all of these guys are just destroyed. I don't know how he fucked that up so bad. I don't know. Um, I have a note here that says the very clearly mannequins, ha ha ha. So I guess at some point during the crash, they have like a gore scene that is really, really like obviously a mannequin. <laughs> you do indeed, you do indeed. <laughs> so yes, bus crash, lots of boys die. Boys, to frat boys, <laughs> boys die horrible. Indeed, indeed they do. Chris. Now knowing how to kill the slugs and knowing exactly what they do, which is possess people and essentially kill them, but keep them alive as a sort of parasitic insect kind of way, uh, he goes to talk to Detective Ray Cameron. Bella, I just want to stop you one second because I don't know if you noticed this. When I only noticed it today when I was watching. So when the bus driver swerves and crashes, yeah, I don't know if this is a large Marge reference, you know, from Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, oh fuck off with bus large Marge. His eyes like bulge out of his head, like cartoon style. Ew, what? Just like for for like a one second Ew. flash, he swerves into that little yellow buggy, and his eyes like go like like three times the size of normal Ew. eyes but it's so quick it's so quick that you will not notice it and i'm like why did they that's kind of horrible and it almost looks like they've like cartooned it on oh so it's not like uh it's not like a special effect like a practical effect animatronic they think you think they've done it in post i can't tell i i've rewound it a couple of times and they definitely bulge out of his head that's horrible i couldn't tell if they were done in post or if they were special <laughs> effects and why and why, why they did it why, did why? why did his eyes bulge That's out of his horrible. head but yeah that was truly fucking weird because so it 
I really don't like that at all. No. I mean, Large Marge is truly disturbing to me anyways. I don't even know if that movie had come out by the time this movie no, had come out. No, I was going to say, I think Pee-wee's... Is that Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Big Adventure. That was like 90s, I would have thought. I don't think it was 80s. No, it was before Beetlejuice, so it would have been 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. But okay, well, maybe it had come out. So maybe... Maybe they came out the same, same year, and it was year, a but then that's weird. I've no fucking idea, oh but I noticed it watching it today, and me and Brendan both went, Ugh. What happened to his eyes? <laughs> like, that was very strange. Very strange. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Okay. No. Anyway, I didn't continue. notice that. Okay, that's fine. Um, Chris goes to talk to Mr. Detective Ray Cameron about how the things are killed and why, how they work and all that. The detective is like, fucking A plus, bro. Let's go get some weapons. And so they go down to the police officer's armory. Mm-hmm. What's that arm movement for? What's this? The, my favorite cameo is coming up. Wait, the cam. Who's the. Okay, you're, you can input that because I don't remember who the cameo is. Um, it's Dick Miller. Um, oh, yeah. Dick how Miller I does that? a cameo as the guy behind the armory. He's called Walt in this. And if anybody doesn't know who Dick Miller is, he's sort of a horror legend. He's in Gremlins 1 and 2, The Howling. He's in Terminator, Chopping Mall, Piranha, Little Shop of Horrors, and many more. Oh, shit. Uh, Ray asks Walt for a flamethrower. Walt is like, oh, yeah. He gets the flamethrower out and he's like, uh, do you have your uh, requisition? And Ray's like, I don't have my requisition, Walt. And then threatens to shoot him. So yeah, he gives him the fucking threat. Yeah, so we have a flamethrower now. Like, I don't have time for this. No, Walt's like, you know what? Fucking fu- just take the fucking flamethrower. I don't give a fuck anymore. Just take it. And so we have the flamethrower yeah. and we also have Ray's 16 gauge shotgun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Fine. All good. We get back to the sorority house where Brad, the zombie now, knocks on the door and Cynthia's like, oh my god, Brad. And for some reason, she doesn't notice that he's like dead. Like he's, no. looks, he looks horrible. Like he's really yeah. creepy looking. Neither the girl who initially opens the door nor Cynthia notice that he is pure grey and he has like white eyes like he's hor- he's really creepy looking and Cynthia's like she's like sitting down next to him like they're next to each other so they can't look each other in the eye or anything so she's looking away from him and she's like Brad I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that I was ignoring your calls I really I just I wouldn't I want to <laughs> fix this with you blah 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 and then Chris and the detective why does she I I don't know I why don't would she get her. I don't know I don't get her whole thing anyway Chris and he's also behind her back spitting out slugs <laughs> wait she's like I didn't pouring that. she's <laughs> pouring her heart out to him like oh I don't know if we can be together right now but that's not to say we can never be together in future and he's just going. <laughs> Just like pure spit out slugs in the background while she's like doing the classic like oh it's not it's not you it's me oh my God. maybe we'll get together again in the future but we're not right right we're right now right. and he's just going <laughs> I'm Wonderful. actually very pleased with my uh, slug sound effect that's pretty good um, I was trying to copy you and I don't think I managed it. <laughs> 
Um, okay, anyways, as she's sitting with uh, Brad next to her, zombie Brad, Chris and Detective Ray show up and they're like, oh my god, Cynthia, get away from him. And then she finally turns around and like looks at him and she's like, oh my god. And then... <laughs> she's a fucking um, Muppet. Chris... <laughs> No, d- the detective shoots Brad, and then Chris burns all of the leeches, slugs that come out of him, or at least attempts to. I think he does get all yeah. of them. So yeah. we, so now we know how to kill the zombies and to stop the slugs from spreading. They go inside the house to talk to the sorority girls, and Ray has an amazing line. I don't have it written down exactly. I don't know if you have a transcription of it. Yeah, I do. I do. I have the exact transcription of it. Um, I've got good news and bad news, girls. The good news, your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Which was actually the tagline of the movie. Yeah. And I did not I do just it really any liked justice, it. I thought the delivery was really funny and good. It's extremely Ray, funny. Doctor? Doctor? Oh, he's a doctor now. Giving him a doctorate. Detective Ray Cameron is like one of my favorite characters. He's so good. You know what? I actually meant to mention this earlier. He's played by Tom Atkins, who's also a horror legend. He's in Halloween 3, My Bloody Valentine, the remake, The Fog, all these kind of good horror movies. And this is actually the favorite horror movie that he ever starred in. He's always said said he liked working on this the most, didn't he? Yeah. And he said this was the best director yeah. yeah, he's ever worked with. So so the zombies... It's his best role. I would say so, yeah. He gets like the most... He gets the most fun with this one. He gets to do a lot of fun shit, yeah. Lions, such good dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the bus full of zombie boys, <laughs> they come... They start coming oh, through the garden. Don't forget, the reason they're zombies is because the dog saw oh, the yeah. crash. So after the bus has crashed... Due to the zombie dog, the zombie dog goes and spits slugs at all of the bodies of the boys. <laughs> and so now they're all zombies too. Yeah, my note here is frat boys that are even more dangerous than usual. <laughs> but so the like about 15 zombie boys are dragging themselves through the sorority house garden. Some of them don't have any feet anymore or like arms and it's real gross, but it's really cool to look at anyways. Yeah. And then <laughs> Detective... Cameron says, um, it's Miller time. <laughs> yeah, he is does. That, is, that, is that a reference to the cameo? Um, what does that mean? I think it's Miller time was maybe um, uh, on the adverts for Miller Light, which is a beer. Oh, that's uh, actually, that's quite good then. I wasn't alive in the 80s. I don't I cannot know. guarantee that. I just believe it to be true in my heart. <laughs> that's fine. That's you know what I'll give you that that's totally fine and I'm sure we will have a corrections corner next week corrections corner for next week yeah okay that's fine <laughs> oh by the way corrections corner for episode one I say that I applied to be a makeup artist at a makeup artist at a morgue I applied to be a makeup artist at a funeral home not a morgue they don't uh, need makeup artists at morgues they don't uh, you're quite correct they don't. They don't. Uh, funeral home uh, or a, funeral a mortuary. Home. Yeah, okay, not a morgue. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, mortuary. Okay. I get them confused. That's fair enough. Continue. Okay, so they're burning and shooting the zombies that are coming through. 
Mr. Sexy Detective, that's in my notes, um, goes into a room with this one sorority <laughs> girl and he's like, please, can you go lock those doors and windows? And she's like, I don't, I'm too scared. I don't really know how to. And he's like, please just go lock the doors. Otherwise, these zombies are going to get in. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know how to. And she goes to lock one and then a zombie like sticks his fucking arm through or like bashes through the door. And he's like, fuck. Yeah. And then another one gets through the other door because they have like big glass panel doors. And he's like, fucking hell. He he goes to try and help the girl but she's already been slugged and turned into a zombie and we have she's an amazing the only, she's the only woman in the movie that gets slugged that's true yeah she's the only female zombie yeah uh, indeed but we get an incredible spin shot where it's like it's focused on detective miller's face like it's not a 360 around him it's a 360 focused on his face where he's just like yelling and shooting and spinning (laughs) and it's the funniest fucking thing ever i was so excited to see this good spin shot real good spin shot loved it so iconic (laughs) do you wanna do you wanna go from there yeah sure um so at this point um Chris has got Cynthia on board and he has given her the flamethrower and he's got the shotgun. So they've formed a little uh, duo. And there, but there is many a zombie. But they are doing pretty well. They are blasting and firing their way through. And the special effects here, this is where the budget must have gone. Because this movie cost $5 million. And uh, I guess this is where that went. Is I guess. There's a lot head of head explosions. explosions. A couple of them are definitely mannequin heads, but that's like like shot mannequin heads, but that's fine. Yeah. The explosions are great, so. though. The explosions are good. And even Unibrow Steve from the beginning is here. As a zombie, though. Yes. And as the zombies invade the sorority, Ray is struggling together until he sees an old picture of his love, Pam, because she was a sorority girl there, and that fills him with vigor, I guess. And then um, Chris and Cynthia hiding in a shed and they're doing really well. And then Cynthia gets dragged off by unibrow zombie Steve. But never fear, Chris gets a lawnmower to shred Mr. Unibrow. And I've got to say, this is the worst special effects of the movie. It's so funny, basically, because I noticed this on the first watch. It's it's like a POV shot of like essentially the lawnmower like blades like you can see the blades going in front of the screen and it gets up to unibrow zombie Brad and instead of doing anything they just it like gets to him and then they just do like an after like a post production like blood spray like an animated bright red blood spray over the whole screen and they're like yeah two D we got it. We got and that. And it's so disappointing because that could have been the best kill of the movie, to be God, honest. God, it would have been so gory, but then they just was like, nah, actually. They just like put a tiny bit of 2D like blood droplets who were like, we got this. We got him. It's fine. It's not a problem. It was so, uh, so it made me laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then they notice all the slugs are starting to run towards a sorority basement. Uh, they make their way back inside the sorority, tell all the girls to get the fuck out of here. Um, and then they find Ray in the basement with his mouth taped up with a canister of gasoline. Uh, there's a huge mound of these slugs in the corner. Like, they've all just pulled here to hide away, I guess. No, um, it's because they want to eat the human brains that are in the basement that some girl had for a biology project. Oh, yeah. I kind of missed that. Okay. 
that's okay. I've said that's... it now, so that's fine. Some girl had some human yeah. brains for science, and they the, the slugs. The want slugs them. were after that. The slugs are into brains. Um, so they're all pulled into this one corner of the basement. He's got tape over his mouth so that they don't jump into his mouth. Uh, he manages to catch one with his bare hands like a little ninja because he's sexy. Um, I don't know why we've both decided that he's sexy. Sort he just of like, kinda, I don't know. I like detectives. <laughs> he's grown I don't on know. me. Um, <laughs> and um, it's time to torch these sluggies and sacrifice himself in the process. So he starts to count down and Chris and Cynthia run away and get a decent distance from the house and then the house blows up and takes all the slugs with it hooray we're free unless unless (laughs) zombie ray emerges from the back end of the sorority house where nobody has spotted him up with a sickie still in his mouth somehow even though he didn't die with a sickie in his mouth he has a sickie in his mouth did zombie ray light a cigarette are zombies capable of doing that we don't know well, Zombie JC was capable of leading a whole, leaving a whole uh, uh, audio recording. Yeah, I guess so. It just seems like some of the zombies are a lot less like cognitively available than the other well, ones. Well, that's in the trivia that only JC, as a zombie, had the power to speak out of all of them. Yeah. And I like to believe that it's because his uh, love was so strong that <laughs> he was able to <laughs> leave a note. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so romantic. <laughs> that's just because I love JC and I want the best yeah, for true. his character. I want the best for him. I hope he's doing well, wherever he may be. Anyway, melted zombie Ray is stumbling along, looking liquefied, and uh, explodes and releases a whole bunch of slugs into, guess where? The motherfucking cemetery. And I'm not even kidding. This is a huge cemetery. It's like acres like miles it's like hills yeah, and hills of cemetery so that's gonna be American bad cemetery and i said sequel time in my notes but there was never a sequel so uh thoughts to that and then a fucking alien spaceship from the beginning hovers over shining a spotlight on the cemetery and then it just cuts to black so I'm still confused about the aliens. The end! The, the end. end! We made it we to did the it. end! An hour and 35 minutes of recording, and we made it. I mean, it will probably be cut Holy down hell. a considerable amount Holy by hell. the point that the episode comes out, but it, we've been recording for an hour and a half just for this summary. Well, it's going to be a good summary. It's a, it's a good summary. Yeah, you guys better fucking enjoy it, you ungrateful brats. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's it. Uh, right, well, let's go into like what we thought and everything. Sure, let's go. So I guess the, the main lingering question here is, did you like this movie? You know, I actually really did enjoy it. I wouldn't say like... Me too. It was like, oh, a masterpiece of filmmaking necessarily. No, 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 no. Although, as far as 80s, 80s zombie slasher movies, it had very good points, but I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, But I genuinely, overall, I liked it. I'd watch it again quite happily. Yeah, me too. 
Well, I've watched it twice in one week, so... Yeah, and was you know that seemed like an enjoyable enough experience. It was really fun. I think it's a really fun, spooky, almost background watch. It doesn't have a depthy plot or anything like that. It's just... It's just fun, really, and it's got really good dialogue, and it's aged very well. Yeah, I think that's the important part, is how well the dialogue has aged, specifically. Like, it's still fucking funny. It certainly doesn't feel... Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel, like, 35 years old. No, because, like, we watched, uh, what, House on Sorority Row and the original Prom Night they a aged couple, like a week horribly ago. They've aged very badly. Ooh, yeah, really. Because the dialogue really, is so dull. Yeah, it's feels like it's horror written by Christians a little bit. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, there's no like, like it's got a moral story to it. Yeah. You know, this doesn't have like this sort of morality clause to it. No, no, um, not in the same way at all. Where it's like, oh, if you have sex, you're gonna die. Because that just isn't part of it. It's just an unfortunate alien invasion. Yeah, do you have any extra notes on top of the synopsis before we get into what was good, what was bad? Um, I'm just, I'm looking through them. I mean, the ones that I found the funniest, I think I probably said. Yeah, me too. I only have, I've seen Tom Atkins in so many movies this past month, I'm starting to find him sexy in a Stockholm Syndrome kind of way. Because <laughs> he's just been in so much shit that I've seen recently. And also just that I enjoyed uh, JC and Chris's homoerotic relationship. Oh yeah, me too. Loved it. Loved it. I really like when things are accidentally homoerotic. It's one of my favourite things. We claim a lot of movies as gay, but this one really, like, solidified itself. Yeah, well the thing is, I think because I am also of the variety of... Queer. Of queer, yeah, I guess is the way I would term myself... I just look for any sort of, like, queer representation in anything. Yeah, and I felt like this one was pretty cute. Like, I don't feel like... I don't feel like it was mutual. I don't feel like Chris was into JC, oh, but no, I felt and like... I don't necessarily think it was purposeful either, particularly. Like, I don't think it was, like... I felt like JC was into Chris. Oh, though. yeah, I think so, too. I definitely think that was, like, a... A, a point? Apparent. Whether... Yeah, I don't know whether it was, like, on purpose or not, though. I'm not I sure. I know, because I kind of almost feel like it was, because, like, the whole bit where he's, like, I love you and then he sounds really resentful like good luck with um mm, what's her face that's true with Cynthia yeah no that's a good point actually he does sound very like upset almost like he's jealous and he's like oh I'll never get laid but I can at least get you laid and it's sort of I don't yeah, know yeah he's almost yeah he's kind of I always I guess there's, there's an implication oh there's yeah there's a heavy impl- implication for sure but no I did really enjoy that yeah all right so what was good about it what did you really like? Um, I think I've, I've got a little list here. So starting off, funny dialogue, which and my, it yes. joins to my second point, which is sympathetic characters. So because yeah. the dialogue was so, like, you know, I would say realistic. Like, I'm I'm a 20-year-old now, so I would be, you know, I'm a little bit older than they are supposed to be in the movie. They're supposed to be, like, 18, I guess, because they've just started college. No, American students will start college at but more like 19. So okay. they'll be about the same age as you. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, so around my age group and people that I yeah, socialize with and stuff, especially because I'm also at like university. And it, you know, although there's we have much more of an internet-based lingo with people that I interact with, that the way that they talk to each other is very much how we talk to each other. Just like the stupid yeah, shit, like I think oh, so I'm depressed. 
or at least you don't have to have sex with a farm animal or well maybe if you did you wouldn't be in love with Cynthia anymore and like all of this stupid shit like just like a dumbass yeah I think the banter and the discussions of mental health being like oh I'm so depressed and all this yeah it's realistic for college students we're all depressed it was very millennial yeah and that's what made it age so well is that all the conversations and the jokes that they made were modern to me like they didn't there was no like overt homophobia no nothing that aged super badly like in other movies no there wasn't anything problematic or racist or anything that i was offended by in any respect so it aged really well but it was also funny and punchy in a way that made it not aged badly either like not not just dialogue and jokes alone it was just quite fresh i guess yeah yeah that's what i've put down so i've put down like fast paced i also talked about how um it's quite a fun twist a little bit of a twist on the zombie trope yes like instead of oh i don't know a curse like in night of the living dead yeah or any of those kinds of you know classic zombie movies where it's like oh i don't know a curse has brought zombies back from dead or like an acid rain this time it's like weird fat baby aliens have accidentally (laughs) dropped some slugs yeah and i just think that's quite funny whether or not it's that effective, I don't know because the aliens don't really come back. Like they it's don't not make really much big... sense. But I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I did like that it wasn't exactly the same as a lot of zombie movies. Yeah, I agree. And you also have the, you have the little bits with like the slasher. Yes, like the yeah, guy who's yeah. the axe killer. Even though, again, I don't think it was really necessary. I do kind of appreciate that they did something. Um, we're trying to do something a bit different with the zombie. Yeah, I. Genre. I said that I liked that it was parasitical. So I like that it was based on parasites rather than, I don't know, just some sort of reanimation. Because parasites creep me out. They just they just do. Agreed. They're horrible. Um, I said that the characters were well written. They were sympathetic. And I think a sympathetic character in a horror movie is so important. It, it's a rare occurrence, especially in older movies like 80s ones. I very, very rarely find a sympathetic character. And thus, it means that I don't give a shit when they die. Yeah, and then you never really get invested in the same way. Whereas when JC died and his little like voice recording, I actually did tear up a bit. Like it actually It's sad. It actually it's sad as upset fuck. me. Um I also loved the black and white 50s beginning. I know it was quite short. You know, but it was gorgeously shot. Interestingly, I'm not gonna put this in trivia, but Apparently, um, the director did want to shoot it all in black and white, which would have been really interesting. I'm kind of glad he didn't, but his black and white film in the beginning was gorgeous. And it was quite... Oh, yeah. um, oh for sure. It's quite stylish. It's quite a stylish movie with uh, a nice... I can see what you mean, yeah. A nice soundtrack. It's sort of slick looking. Um, hmm. JC is also an all-time favorite character. He just is. I agree. And honestly, Doctor Doctor, why do we keep calling him Doctor Detective Ray Cameron? Is he's one of my favorites because he's just fucking funny. Detective Ray and JC are really good characters. They're honestly both great. Honestly, Cynthia and Chris, but boring. But they always are the main two, like the two love interest ones. I don't give a shit about them. I know. I. I was saying this earlier that like the final girls 
nine times out of ten are like dull as shit. A boring that my favorite is Sydney. Yeah. And I like the girl from The Blob. And Ready or Not. Oh yeah, shit, of course. But I'm talking about like slightly yeah, old, ones. like twentieth century. Uh, yeah, twentieth century yeah, yeah, yeah. ones. But yeah, generally speaking, the ones who make it are very um. The guys are always your average Joe that the average Joe watching the movie could relate to, and the girls are always very mm. virginal and dorky. And so then they have these very yeah and like unrelatable. Yeah, they have these very colorful side characters who will just bite the dust, and I'm like, well, I preferred them. Yeah, well, that that kind of links right into my uh, negative points. Which is sad that they killed JC so early because realistically he was the best character and provided the best dialogue. Yeah, that's what I said too. Yeah. Um, I said that JC should have been the leading man. Mm, I agree. Because Chris was kind of a charisma black hole. And <laughs> yeah. JC had all the best dialogue. He had the best chemistry with everybody. He was the best actor, to be honest, other than Detective Ray. And he basically kind of just gets bodied. Immediately. He gets martyred. He gets martyred, basically. Actually, like, if you look at, like, the time that he is dead in the film, it's, like, about halfway. Yeah, it makes me really... And that's kind of... It just seems like a shade that they would have done that. They could have waited for longer. All of my favourite quotes are his quotes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm, I'm sad that they did it. Also, one of my other, uh, what was bad about it things is... Mm -hmm awful practical effects but in a hilarious way see i like some of the special effects i like the blow the head blowing up effects and the faceless cat i thought those were good okay yeah actually to be fair yeah there's two good ones some of the head blowing ups are good some of them are really bad but generally it's a real 50 50 the practical effects are not very good no they're not I agree. And I, I had that written in my effects before I rewatched it today. But today I grew to uh, appreciate some of them, but only when they're killing off all the frat boys. Every other special effects scene I thought was pretty lame. And yeah. And the scene where they kill like five frat boys in a row and their heads all blow up and the, the slugs all fly out, I actually thought was pretty good. Yeah, those are pretty nasty, pretty gross. The one that's quite good as well is when um the very first zombie the frozen guy Mm -hmm. knocks on cynthia's window and his head explodes yeah it's not as good as the later one one was pretty no they did quite gross me out to be fair so my other uh my other negatives were just that the serial killer plot ends up having nothing to do with anything and just makes everything no because he gets extremely convoluted and he dies yeah he he comes up, he kills the house mother, and then three minutes later, literally three minutes into the movie, he dies. And, like, Detective Ray makes such a big deal. Like, he thinks that this killer has somehow come back and he's chopping up the dead bodies. Like, he, you know, he sees the dead body of Johnny on the steps and he's like, this looks like the work of... And he's of- like, oh, this looks like an axe, like an axe wound. And I'm like, you killed the axe murderer, so why would you... Yeah, like, why are you thinking it's him? You literally murdered him and you know this. I don't understand that. That was really convoluted and confusing and... Un- and unnecessary. And honestly made me confused for a while, because I was like, at first I was like, okay, so Johnny's head just blew up because of all the slugs in it. And then he was like, oh, 
someone's axed him. And I was like, wait, is there an axe murderer going around killing zombies or are the zombies explode? Like it confused me. <laughs> yeah, it, like it was it was convoluted and for no good no, no like good reason because he literally just rises up out of the ground. He's a skeleton for three minutes and then they just blow his head off. So, and then they shoot him. And there's nothing they shoot him again. There's so like what was the important point? about him? I just don't no. get that. And it's not even like you could argue that he was like motivation for detective ray no because he wasn't really no. Ray's just an employed detective and he just now happens to be killing zombies like it wasn't like he yeah, was like, still on the hunt for the fucking axe man because he'd already killed him he already knew he was dead that whole thing could have been cut to be honest and the aliens mm. thing was confusing too why did that alien throw the canisters of slugs down onto earth what was he doing I don't get why. Yeah, I wished kind of that, that the aliens themselves were cut out and just like inexplicably someone, f- like the canister found like a, fell to the earth. Yeah, found a, me- uh, found a meteor crashed to earth. Or like, I don't know, someone had maybe like dug it up out of a, like a time capsule or something. Yeah, that would have been better because like the little fat, badly like yeah the weird costume aliens badly costumed aliens running around not great two of them are chasing one other thick ass naked alien and he throws a canister to earth but then they go back to like pick it up at the end of the movie and you're just like why why yeah now i agree with you do you want to move on to our favorite kill and quote yep okay so my favorite kill is between two um, it's either the house mother getting axed or it's the zombie frat boys getting their heads blown up. Uh, that's, that's a good choice. I think, I think my favorite kill still definitely has to be the house mother. Not because it was necessarily a particularly good kill because there's not really any gore, but just because it was making me laugh so much when I was watching it because she's just looking yeah. at him. <laughs> like she could have moved. She doesn't seem that scared. Like she's not <laughs> she's screaming. Unbothered. She's not trying to, like, move. She's just, like, looking at him, like, kind of like, oh, huh, that's weird. Like, I don't know what she's thinking at that point. Why is she Why is she not scared? And then he just sort of smushes her and that's it. Yeah, then he chops her up. But, like, what? She could have I don't understand why. Easily. That's why it's my favourite, because I just don't understand <laughs> what's going on and it makes me laugh. I think it's my favourite, too. It's ultimately good pointless and ridiculous and sort of a combination of yeah good and bad it's re- it's uh memorable for sure yeah right what's your favorite quote kid well go practice goose stepping maybe made me laugh the most it's a good one uh what is this a homicide or a bad b movie was sort of like meta quote that's good which was i like that fun. yeah and then i like the sad um monologue where he's like i don't have a pulse or a heartbeat i think i'm dead so those are sort of my top ones because it's it's just emotional and i wasn't expecting to be emotionally affected obviously there's a classic too like i got good news and bad news girls the good news your dates are here what's the bad news they're dead is obviously sort of the classic that's good that's a good one um my favorite quote and i don't really know why but it was just sending me when i was watching the movie yeah um because it, it almost is kind of like that very British sense of like sarcastic humour that I just wasn't really anticipating in like this 86 movie. Yeah. That's set in an American university. But like, um, <laughs> I think um, they're getting the body out of the 
cryogenic chamber mm-hmm. and Chris says something like, oh, look at him, he's so pale, oh my god, or something like, oh my god, he feels cold to the touch or something like that. And JC just goes, we could safely say he's not well, Chris. <laughs> JC had the best lines. I don't know why. I think that just sounds to me like a very kind of like, you know, that very sort of Britcom thing. I can say, we could safely say he's not well, Chris. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I don't know why that was sending me. Um, I've also got, at least we don't have to have sex with a farm animal. Yeah, obviously. Because that's iconic. Uh, corpsicle is also good when referring to the cryogenically frozen man. And also one which is, I think, when JC is, like, I don't know, trying to, like, maybe, like, square up to one of the frat boys. I think it's Brad. Yeah. And someone says, come on, Killaroo. <laughs> Like, huh? I thought the Killaroo was only something in the Mighty Boosh. I have no idea. Apparently, it appears maybe I stand corrected, well. but I was like, "Come on, Killaroo, huh? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, is it because they're gonna like box? Like, I'm confused. I'm just, I didn't understand, but it did make me laugh. I could list about forty quotes that I thought were funny. We could safely say he's not well, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I like. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Kappa, Kappa Delta Psi or whatever. It's like, it's all Greek Did you to not me. know the difference between the frat and the sorority? It's like, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, me. I don't give a shit. So, how good was it out of five stars? What do you give it out of five? Okay, so I was trying to think on my rating scale of films we've done so far. So... Ready or Not was a 5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Animator was a 4 out of 5. So I'm giving this like a 3.5. That's what I give it to. I also said 3.5. Like, it was fun. I'd rewatch it. I don't think it was like reinventing the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't like, wow, oh my fucking, my mind is blown. It was just like, haha, this is quite a fun zombie movie. Yeah. Whatever. But like, I don't dislike it enough to give it a bad score so i'm no. putting it like quite strongly in the positive but because i did really enjoy it but whether i think it was like a good piece of cinema yeah i don't dislike it in the least but it's just no. not it's just not that great either so no. yeah but it's really fun yeah for sure so then fear factor what is scaring you this week and what does it get out of five what is scaring me this week is flying crane flies or like Uh, whatever daddy long legs why they call daddy long legs we don't know why not just long legs why do they have to be daddy i don't know why are they daddy weird i don't understand it but anyways we keep getting them in our house and they keep trying to land in all of our food and it's really really disturbing and millie is like at her fucking like end with it she's at she's at the end of her tether and she'll see one and she'll just like stomp it to death in the most violent fashion possible <laughs> lost um, her so shit. it's really yeah she's losing she's lost it with the crane flies and so it's creating a tension in the household between her and the crane flies <laughs> this film out of five crane flies is a two yeah like it didn't scare me no. at all but i will say that the zombie brad who's just kind of like greeny gray and he just has white eyes was quite creepy looking to me yeah so uh my fear of the week is job hunting which is a bit too real but uh yeah 
is what it is. Um, I give this a 1.5 job hunting. Okay, yeah. So not scary. Not scary, mostly sad. Like the, the worst feeling I felt during it was... <laughs> was sad. Deep depression. Um, so yeah, 1.5 for me. Yeah. So trivia, as you may have gathered as we've been reading through the synopsis... Uh, the main characters are based on famous horror directors. So, and sci-fi uh, directors, too. And sci-fi directors. So Chris Romero, who is George A. Romero. Uh, James Carpenter Hooper, who is JC. So that's John Carpenter and Toby Hooper. Cynthia Cronenberg is obviously David Cronenberg. Detective Ray Cameron is James Cameron. Uh, Detective Land- Landis, Landis is John, John Landis. Landis. Yeah. Sergeant Raimi is Sam Raimi, and Mr. Minor, the janitor, is Steve Minor. Nah, there we go. Got them all. And then I have another little bit of trivia, which is during the movie, Detective Ray says, thrill me five times, and Chris's final words are, detective, thrill me, when Ray blows up the house. I really like that. I did like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Okay, I've got three pieces of quick trivia, because I don't really understand some of them okay. <laughs> um well I, I don't understand i don't understand one of them but it was making me laugh too much okay so on the movie's opening night the audience were issued with anti-scream masks like the one the detective wears to prevent slugs entering his mouth but he's not wearing a mask he's just wearing a piece of tape yeah but they issued them like not real pieces of tape but like you know like something Fake. to look like tape and it had the film's logo on it like oh like the title on it at the premiere that's some interesting merchandising. Isn't it? But I kind of want to see if anyone has one. Yeah, me too. I'm fascinated by that, actually. But, so that was quite weird. I thought that was quite strange. I want to see what they like looked like. At one point in the film, Cynthia accidentally calls Chris by the name of her, by this point, very, very dead boyfriend, Brad. Yeah. So when she's getting pulled out of the shed by Steve, the unibrow zombie, yeah. she's going, Brad, Brad, help me. But obviously she's reaching out for Chris. Oh, I thought she said Brad. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny. Why didn't they re-record that? I don't know. And I don't know whether it was like maybe purposeful. I don't know what the fuck that was, but that's a, that's a goof. That's a little goof right there. That's and then this is my favourite goof because I don't understand what the fuck they're talking about. There's a scene okay. with Cynthia Cronenberg or the actress Jill Whitlow um, in the Betas mm-hmm. Are Better party where she's in the dance floor and then it cuts to a different shot of her where her legs are transparent. Her legs are just... What do you... Like, I don't know what they mean no. because I need to go back and watch it, what? but her legs are transparent. Right, well, I'm about to rewatch this as soon as we finish this podcast to see what the fuck they're talking about because... I'm like, huh? What do they mean, her legs? How could how could they be transparent? Can you not see? Like, how did they do... What? I don't understand. That's not an easy goof to do. It would be much easier to make someone opaque. No, that would be on purpose. They'd, either they did it over a green screen and fucked it up. Is she a ghost? I don't know. This is what I'm... I'm confused. So we'll do some research into that. Okay. Well, that's a good final piece of trivia because that's well stressed me out and I'm going to be haunted by that as I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Fear fact has actually gone up to five because Jill Whitlow's a real ghost. But she's got transparent legs and I am truly frightened yeah. of that. <laughs> okay, I digress. Uh, let's move on to, uh, do you have any horror recommendations? Have you seen anything good recently? 
I am actually haunted by these transparent legs. And I can't wait to wrap this up so I can see them for my fucking self. Um, also, horror recommendations. <laughs> no. I okay, haven't that's watched right, any I horror shit recently. I've got two, so it's fine. I've been watching some true crime, but that's about it. We watched that one called An American Murder. That was really interesting. Yes. You go. Hit me. Um, I've got um, Impetti Gore by Joko Anwar. Oh. Um, which is... Oh, I don't want to say it just in case I'm wrong, but I believe it's Malaysian. Okay. Um, about a girl who returns to her childhood village because she believes she might get an inheritance, and there is a horrible curse on the village. Oh, very nice. It was really spooky, grim, fun. Mm. I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I I, I liked it. Um, it was very stylized. A lot to do with the devil and weird curses and okay, all sorts that sounds of good. That sounds shenanigans. Like it'd be up my alley. Is it newish? Yes. Okay. And it's cool. on a uh, Shudder. Oh, sick! And so is my other uh, suggestion. Was also on Shudder. Is Spiral by Curtis David Harder, which is about a gay couple and their daughter moving to a suburbs, and the suburbs is up to no good. It's very similar oh. to The Invitation. If you've oh, seen I it. love the invitation. Yeah, it's, it reminded me a lot of that, like a growing suspicion, paranoia. Yeah, you don't want to be rude, and so you don't really say anything. So you're like, well, maybe I'm just overreacting, but you're fucking not. Yeah, it's mostly the, so the husband's new. So the guy had his daughter with his wife, got divorced from his wife, mm. married this dude, and then moved to the suburbs with this dude. The younger guy is just super paranoid about everybody that they meet. Uh, he's clearly got some trauma he's dealing with, a lot like the invitation, and you can't tell if he's just being overtly nervous or yeah. if there is something dark something going on there. And I really liked that. I thought that that was very good. Very good queer horror. Mm, okay, that's good. That's always something that I'm interested in. Like where it's not necessarily um, about them being queer, but they just kind of are. But no, they're also, it, it you know, wasn't about them being gay. Something creepy. Yeah, but it was just nice to have that sort of representation and horror, I guess. And it stars Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know him as cool. uh, the main character Malik. He's very good in it. I had never seen him in a drama before, but he, I know he's an American Horror Story and RuPaul's Drag Race, and is a judge on Canada's Drag Race, and is in a show called Unreal, and just a bunch of other sort of main shows at the moment so yeah awesome sounds cool is there any new movies you're looking forward to watching anything upcoming or just new that you haven't um, seen yet not not necessarily new stuff particularly um mm -hmm. because i have not kept up to date with exactly what's going on however me and my housemate millie are planning to watch the newer suspiria the 28 18 uh, 2018 Suspiria and the original back to back yes I've been meaning to do that for so long so long I've been meaning we're to also do that. planning to watch the Japanese horror movie house yeah that's a that's a fun one 
It's wild. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously, they're not new. But you're looking forward to but it, so yeah. I'm still looking forward to them. So mine are Halloween Kills, which is the next Halloween movie. Oh, actually, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's not coming out till next year, but still. Um, and Spree, which is that sort of found footage horror movie about an Uber driver. It's got the kid Ooh. from... Uh, uh, the older kid who plays Steve in um, Stranger Things. Oh, shit. Um, oh, fucking hell. What's his name? I can't remember. But I know who you mean. I know who you mean. But yes. Yeah, he's the main okay, guy in that. Cool. And he's an Uber driver and there's lots of celebrities in it. He's driving people around town and just basically being a little psycho. Apparently it's very good. It's It looked... Al- that sounds really, that sounds really, really interesting. Like, genuinely. That's a really interesting idea. Maybe we should watch that for our uh, next week. I Man, I still really want to watch Possum. All right, we'll do Possum next. I'm scared of Possum. I'm I want to see if it scares me. I'm scared of Possum too. I don't, even like, I don't even like the pictures of it. <laughs> I hate him. The, it's the guy who did Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, so I'm really but it's serious and point. I'm scared. I know, but Garth Marenghi's Dark Place does kind of scare me in a weird way. Me too, actually. But it's about puppets and I hate puppets. <laughs> wow, well, you're going to have to suffer. Um, I have one thing and I don't want to shit on movies too much, but I do have a movie that I'm not looking forward to. Go. I want to, I'm intrigued. This is shade, but... It's the craft remake. Have you? Oh fuck! Have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer? No, I've not seen the trailer. Oh no! Uh, What? No, not the craft. What in the TikTok Disney hell? Holy! Shut up! Like honestly, though, what's the point of making the craft without like Neve Campbell and um? Oh fuck! What's her name? Farisa Bulk. Farisa Bulk. Thank you. Like, what's the point? Oh. And Robin Tunney. Yeah. And, uh, shit, what's the girl who plays Michelle called? But, I can't remember the actress's name. Um, but Bella, this trailer, this trailer, it looks like a Disney straight-to-DVD movie, and they have all these weird, like, sparkle effects, and it looks like... Oh, what? Like, PG cutesy, and they do the... They have this just... Oh, there's some bits that really made me do no. like a full body cringe. Like, we are the weirdos, mister, but they didn't... No. Oh, 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 it was bad. No. Oh, it was bad. No, I, I no, was giving no. this movie the benefit of the doubt. And maybe the movie will... No. Maybe the movie will be good. But holy fuck, the trailer is not good. It is not good. No. Oh, my God. It's, oh, no. It's so bad. And... They, yeah, I fucking bet. They've they've actually said it's a sequel because in the trailer, no, so it's not a remake. In the trailer, Nancy is in it, but she's in like a little like picture, and they've like contained her in a picture in a book somewhere. <laughs> but, Shut up! But it's not even no. a proper picture of her. It's a screen grab from the first movie. Of the movie. Oh, what? dude! And there's like so Who's much directing there's it. There's so much bad glitter effects. I don't know, but what it's the fuck. I'm gonna watch the trailer in a minute. It. please do give me your thoughts holy fuck i've never been so Jesus, that's so sad let down so by sad. a trailer like i have high hopes for like scream five and the next halloween but the oh yeah but the craft remake whew. that's gonna fuck whew. it up i don't oh really think that God. film could be made nowadays it's so important that it was in the 90s you know what i mean 
Like it's very reliant on the fact that it's in the nineties. Oh, they made it. I don't know. They have made how it into you would be able to pure do it. TikTok hell. Pure Ugh. TikTok hell. It is like squeaky Yikes. clean. There is not a single no. punk element to no, it. No, but that's the whole point. Is that they're all like goths? I know. No, no. It's it's what it's f- Disney Channel all over. It is no. squeaky, squeaky clean. No. Rainbows and unicorns. Whew. That's fucking tragic. Okay, right. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it, but I will watch the trailer in a minute. Yeah, we'll not we linger on up? it, but uh, yeah, well, let's wrap it up. We will talk to you guys next week uh, when we do. I guess fucking possum. I'm gonna do possum. I'm gonna make her watch it, guys. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be. I'm it gonna might cry. be bad. Actually. I don't really know what it's. I'm I don't know cry. much about it. I'm gonna cry. I'm probably gonna cry too, but I'm excited. I wanna. I wanna watch a movie that really scares me. Oh god. Okay. Well, we're gonna get back to you when we watch Possum and uh, become unhinged human beings because of it. Uh, remember us how we are. All right. Check us out on Twitter at Gorporium. Uh, our song has been made by our dad, Tyler Massey. Yeah. Check him out. Check out his podcast, the West Melbourne Social Club podcast. Yeah. Happy spooky season, everyone. Happy Halloween! Thanks for listening. Catch us next week creeping around at the Gorporium. Bye-bye! Goodbye!